everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Schillard from Ad Advance, and today I am joined by Brady McDonough from Ad Advance. Brady, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Joe. Longtime listener, first time contestant. <laughs> so, so Brady is one of the account managers at Ad Advance. Um, Brady, it's always fun to kind of hear background story when people like hired on to Ad Advance, what you were doing before, just general breakdown on what you're doing here, and then we can kind of jump into the content from there. Sounds good. Yeah, I've definitely got a diverse uh, work and life history. Did a little bit of financial services, restaurant management, went back to school for teaching for a little while and found myself in the world of digital advertising now, which also brought me back to the wonderful Northland. Yeah. yeah. So Brady was doing, uh, it was media studies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> Brady and I, we used to, we, in our old office, we had like some separate offices where we'd work together. And so Brady knows every movie about everything <laughs> and I maybe missed one or two <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah if you guys listen to the podcast for with tony uh we covered we were talking about avatars and we realized that one of the last movies i've seen this in theaters was the the original avatar it's been a while since you've attended that. <laughs> and so when Brady and I were working in the same office together, he would throw out quotes left and right, and I'd just stare at you blankly and be like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't know what was better, when, when you would get one or when you didn't. I, I had a great time in that office. <laughs> well, it was highly skewed to me not getting what you were talking about. but <laughs> It was fun, and that's what we got to rock out to, was just the fact that we had completely divergent life experiences, so we got to mesh them together in that office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so today we wanted to get Brady on the podcast. We have some a, a cool case study where we can kind of walk through like starting from the basics and really building our way up and just what the kind of walking through like how establishing a solid campaign funnel structure, establishing the basics, getting that bottom of funnel strategy can lead into great long term results and a lot of good opportunities that come from there. And so you know, we talk a lot about strategy, um, figured it would be fun to like cover some actual case studies where we've seen success from that. So wanted to have Brady on to talk through one of those. So, I mean, Brady, for those listening, maybe just kind of give us a general overview on, you know, where this client fell, how they came in, just kind of walk us through the early stages. Absolutely. And one of my favorite types of folks to connect with are those who are in a growth phase. I mean, obviously, we can handle a variety pack of strategic uh, desires and outcomes. But um, this is a story about someone who was able to partner with colleagues and go from being employees to owner operators. So these were folks that were in the IT department of a manufacturing company who now are owner operators of the manufacturing company and their product is very niche, very high quality, very heavy duty. So we're looking at an opportunity to start from the ground up. We were able to drive such growth for their product and their brand that we're now at a point where we're able to invest in more upper funnel and awareness strategies. So it was a, a prime example of just laying that PPC foundation and getting our efficiencies and our disciplines in order. And that is what's funding the growth opportunities we have now. Sure. Yeah. It's a good point that you already raised. Like, 
we had a lot of questions for, all right, if I'm looking at like DSP or upper funnel or quote unquote brand building strategies, people are like, man, Amazon's taking more of my margins. Like I don't have the margin to be able to invest into that. And what we've seen like for an instance like this, you don't start there for sure. But you build that base and that foundation, and now once you have that solid foundation that converts, once you get people, say, interested in your brand or interested in your products, now those upper funnel or those brand building strategies can now start to truly lead to conversions. Until you have that solid base built out, I totally agree with a lot of people that it's going to be really tough to invest or justify spending on those upper funnel strategies. And so that's what's been fun with this one is that, you know, we start at the base. And so if you're looking at your ads too, always start at the base, start at the bottom of the funnel. And you have to make sure that that's built up well before you can start investing in those upper funnels. That's where we see people get burned. They go upper funnel far too quickly. It doesn't convert. And then they don't get the returns that they're looking for. And now that investment is quote unquote wasted. And so th this was a fun one. So Brady, like walk through, all right, you're getting an account. You start working with the client. Like, what some strategies or how do you how do you approach a new client setup? So you're starting with some existing campaigns usually. Like, how do you review that? How do you figure out what strategies you're going to implement? How do you execute? Love it. And, and as you know, setup is one of my favorite parts of the entire process because it, it is this beginning of not just an, an account reorganization, but that's where the relationship starts as well. Sure. You know, I'm very much partnered on this journey with my client. And that's where we have the most important step is establishing that relationship, understanding the goals, both for the short term and the long term, and having regular check-ins along the way to make sure that our goals are being met or are staying the same. Sure. So it's that that evaluation starts with that first discussion of, yeah. of just what is our overall plan with this account. So like for this account, what was it? Growth. We really wanted to, to make a splash in this category and we had the resources to come in and do that. So it was a point of, of really jumping off from a few campaigns that had a lot of opportunity um, to now a well-oiled machine within Seller Central. Sure. And that's what I really enjoy. When I'm evaluating campaigns, first of all, what's working? Let's keep what's working. And we can actually consolidate our targets that are effective into a primary series. That's one of my favorite parts is just sort of getting everything into a neat system. Sure. From there, we expand to our core strategies. We make sure that we're defending our brand. We make sure that we're defending our detail page. And when we have successful targets within the sponsored product side, we make sure to port those over into all ad types because you want to celebrate your successes. And that means getting them out onto the front lines. Sure. Yeah. So for for this campaign or this client, like, what were some specific opportunities that you saw from the start? Kind of where were you starting from? And then what were like, oh, man, we need to fix that. What I had was multiple campaigns that I would consider to be 
superfluous. So we have, you know, either <laughs> superf- okay. Yeah. You're using big words with me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just too much, just extra. Okay. You have, you know, you're Speaking using on the same language and I like that. <laughs> using the same target in in multiple campaigns can have certain advantages or disadvantages depending on what your philosophy is. I like to have all match types in one primary series because with our system, we're optimizing different match types within the same campaign. So we can really get that holistic view of what targets are performing the best truly over time. And as we identify those successors, we again, transfer them to other ad types. And maybe we look at a ranking initiative. Maybe we look at a conquesting initiative. It inspires those other strategic moves. So I saw opportunities in cutting down the mix, but also chances to save what's working. Sometimes you have a strong defensive campaign that isn't exactly in the style that I would deploy it. But if the data say it's working, we continue. Sure. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's one key thing too. So I guess a couple items that, that we tend to, to come across quite a bit. So one is campaign funnel structures that are not fully complete. Mm-hmm. And so that's when Brady's talking about getting everything in the same series, like making sure that things can flow through all the way. Another instance that we tend to find is there's just too much going on <laughs> and there, there can be a, a lot of consolidation because um, what can happen is if you have too many campaigns all targeting the same keywords or product targets, you can now get split impressions between the two. It's really, it's harder to determine what's truly working and what's not. And so, and just in general, just being able to understand what's going on, consolidating if you can, um, can be a great approach. And we see that quite a bit too. Many times clients will come to us too and they're like, man, there's just so much going on here. I can't even determine what's working and what's not. And so that's that's a really good case to to keep in mind. Yeah. And then the third is, I mean, just working through um, the, well, we covered the full funnel structure. I, I just spaced on what the third was. Were we talking about growth at that point, because we've got our full funnel structure in place. We've now identified our competitors and our successors. So we're going from there. Now we need to drive further awareness of our brand and of our product. So that's where we look at options like DSP or different category targeting, in-market lifestyle audiences, retargeting those who have viewed our product but did not convert. We can really get into those highly focused strategies. And so as we're setting up, like you alluded to earlier, you don't just hit everything at once. We need to get our house in order before we can look to expand. And that's why the initial stages of a setup are to me, some of the most important. That's when we're establishing that relationship between us. That's where there's oftentimes some volatility as we're making these changes. New campaigns are being launched. Existing campaigns are being repurposed. And especially if you're working with someone who perhaps had managed their own PPC before partnering with us, it can be distressing to have someone else making changes in your kitchen. So it's all about having those discussions very openly, very frequently, um, just as a regular pulse check. That was the third point that that I was going to get to, too, that I love that you hit on. So, you know, one key piece that we hear, too, and why people have hesitancy, say, with like switching agencies or going to different providers, right? There's some strategies where you just scrap it all and start from scratch. We definitely don't believe in that. (laughs) Um, And so I think that was a key piece, too. Like, if you have things that are working, 
all right, your system should be flexible enough where you can keep those going <laughs> and incorporate them in versus having to come in, blow everything up and start from scratch again. Um, because these existing campaigns, they're going to have a history built up. They're going to have already established relevancy. So why would you stop doing what's already working? Let's just take that and then be able to incorporate it into our other strategies that we're implementing overall. And that's another key piece that you're constantly looking at, right? Absolutely. We always say our bias lies in performance. You know, it doesn't matter to me whether I started the series or if it was pre-existing. What are the data telling us? Sure, sure. So how about like, all right, we hit some specific strategies, but let's talk about like brand defense. All right. How do you approach brand defense? There's two different camps where we shouldn't be spending any money on our brand because we're going to get the organic sale. There's another camp where we should defend at all costs. How do you approach that and how do you communicate that with the client? What I find is paramount is to acknowledge their concerns because, again, that, that philosophy of you know, cannibalizing organic sales by targeting branded terms, there's possibly some credence to that. But let's also consider the fact that as we continue to grow and our natural organic rank is elevating and we're, we're making a bigger splash in the category, folks are going to start coming for us because it's what we would do. So we really want to make sure that we're defending that territory that is our branded search. We want to make sure that we are showing up for our own terms, sure. especially as we establish customer loyalty. When they're looking for us, I want them to find us. Sure. And I think it's very important to have that shield up, not only just against other conquesters, um, but also to just bolster that traffic to our branded search and to have those segmented out in their own campaign. Because I'm going to bid those terms differently. I'm going to want different placement settings for that than I am in what's meant to be our primary driver of volume, our main funnel series. Sure. Um, so I think I think brand defense is key. No matter what philosophy you take on it, you at least have this on your mind at some point. So if you're thinking about your branded terms, somebody else probably is too. Sure. So let's talk about the, the opposite side of that. So we're trying to defend our brand from people who are trying to conquest. With the growth strategy, I'm assuming there were some conquesting strategies that you were running to for this client. Indeed. Kind of, kind of walk through that. So with that, we have multiple competitors but one who stands apart. Sure. So we obviously want to defend our own detail pages against them, and we want to, you know, of course, show up on theirs. Yeah. That's that's the perfect scenario. Yeah. Um, so it's a matter of spinning that flywheel and climbing that rank by making a splash in that category. Sure. We want to make sure that we're having strong conversion rates because we are highly relevant in that category and to that product. And we want to make sure that we're driving sufficient sales velocity to continue climbing. Um, so that's the investment that you're making through PPC. That organic rank is hard fought and hard bought. You really need to make sure that you show up in your category to continue climbing. Sure. Yeah. So there's, there's the conquesting type strategies where we're targeting different people. And so we're targeting specific ASINs and key competitors to show up. Um, and then are you also like cross promoting different products to try to kick them off the product detail page too? Absolutely. ASIN defense is historically one of my best performing strategies throughout a lot of our portfolio. Sure. Because as you say, there's that cross promotional aspect of it. We have a diverse catalog, so let's get it in front of people. When someone is on your detail page, they're 
willing to convert at that point. So we want to make sure that what they convert on is something that we are selling because we have real estate there. Let's defend it. That's where I want to make everyone pay for every possible inch of real estate that is on my page. So sure. I'm going to bid aggressively in my defensive campaigns. But then we're going to make sure that we're making those sales by occupying that space. Yep. Yep. So uh, so for those listening, conquesting, we're typically focusing on targeting our competitors on the product detail page or targeting their brands in the search results. For Ace in Defense, what we're doing is if you have a brand that has a lot of like specific products that are that correlate with each other, um, it can be a great strategy to use where all right, let's have our other ASINs show up on our product detail page. And now what happens is, one, your ads show up. So if somebody comes to your product detail page, they're interested in your brand, but maybe the product they're seeing just doesn't quite match what they're looking for. Um, they can click on one of those other ads and then, okay, this is what I was looking for. I'm going to purchase. And so this is why they tend to perform really well. The other key benefit is that now you're eating up real estate that your competitor could get. So now if they are going to click off your product detail page, let's make sure it's going to one of our other products, not our competitor's product, um, which keeps a lot more of these clicks and views in-house. They tend to perform really well, especially if you have a solid brand that has like solidly correlated products. It can be a great strategy to defend your brand against those conquesting campaigns. Absolutely, because when we show up on our competition's detail page, that's how we enter their radar. Sure. And so it stands to reason that they will return fire, as it were. So sure. we'll have that defensive posture ready to go. Yeah. And so I noticed you've talked about ranking too. So are there any ranking specific strategies that you've implemented for this one? Definitely. We've got a handful of terms that are highly relevant and top performers. And so what we want to do is be very aggressive with those terms. Now, and ranking as a strategy for us is kind of like like defense in that it's it's core to what you're trying to do in a growth space. And you also want that in its own campaign because you're going to bid that a little bit higher than you would in a primary volume driver. My top of search set settings are going to be much more aggressive in a ranking campaign than in a primary driver of sales volume. Sure. So I, I really enjoy being able to port those successful targets over and you're going to typically have to absorb a higher ACOS than usual in that campaign. But the advantage that we're pursuing here is, again, increasing that organic sales rank. So we're going to have better organic placement. It's spinning that flywheel. Yep. Yep. It's spinning the flywheel on what tends to be more aggressively bid terms or more general, the, the key volume drivers. Mm -hmm. And so in those cases, there's many instances where we're willing to bid more to get those top placements. Um, as we've talked about in previous episodes, like top of search tends to convert at like 2x the time of rest of search or product page. Click-through rate is a lot higher. And so these are all good flags for Amazon that if you show up at the top of the search results, um, they look at it and say, okay, well, this product's converting really well, and it's converting really well because we've got the top of search placement. That helps organic rankings because now you've got some of these good flags that are showing, hey, this product is highly relevant for this term. I'm going to increase the rank overall. And so like Brady is saying, there's many cases where the ROAS is lower, the ACOS is higher than our typical account average. But what we're trying to do is make sure we're spinning the flywheel to keep up the sales velocity and 
and increase the organic ranking. And that's where you can get the majority of your profits is through organic sales. And so we want to spin that flywheel with our ranking campaigns overall. Is there any other like base strategies, like, you know, like video or different pieces like that that you implemented? Absolutely. We have video for almost all of our SKUs in this particular account, which is a great advantage for us because it's such a higher converting ad type um, because folks love to engage with video. As you're scrolling, you're more likely to stop and and you're going to want more information. You're going to head to that detail page, or maybe you'll be driven to a storefront, depending on how we've structured that particular campaign, in which case you have the full swath of offerings available to you. Um, so not only are we capturing more attention, we're occupying a bigger ad space, um, but it's really telling the story of that product, of what it can do for you as a consumer. And you're going to get, I think, more of more of a holistic view of the product of installation of use cases um than just with a static image sure that's awesome yeah and so just to kind of recap for like lower funnel strategies you know so we've got our basic campaign funnel structure set up and so this is you know going from auto campaigns all the way down generating all the different keywords and general product targets and this is going to be a major volume driver overall um and it doesn't have a base like core strategy like more niche strategy to it like this is kind of the the foundation then on top of that, we've got brand defense, defending our own brand. We've got ASIN defense, defending our product detail page. We have conquesting, where now we're trying to target our competitors either in the search terms or in on their detail page. Um, we have video as another big driver. We have sponsored display, which incorporates in kind of to the general funnel structure when we're sharing like product targets overall but then there's you're getting a little bit further up the funnel and i guess remarketing or retargeting really isn't up the funnel but how about like retargeting like and then now starting to get more to like more general upper funnel strategies now that we've got this foundation built kind of kind of walk through how you've approached that or opportunities that you're seeing absolutely because we had steadily increased our presence through um, our primary funnel driver our conquesting, our defense, and our video. So now what do we want to do? We want to re-engage those shoppers who have who have been with us before. Maybe they've purchased one product and there's a complementary product that's also going to suit their needs. Sure. Let's make them aware of that. Also, consideration can be longer for higher price point items. So we want to make sure that we're on that shopper's mind. So I use both static and video remarketing with sponsored display. Sure. And that's been a remarkable asset for us because especially coming off of times uh, like Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the holiday season, and, and now we're starting to pick up again through Q1, those retargeting audiences are healthy. So let's engage with those shoppers. And the advantage there, especially with sponsored display video remarketing, is that perhaps someone engaged with a static ad that we can now reserve a video ad to, and they have a better understanding of the product and a higher likelihood of conversion with that ad type. Sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And for like DSP, have you considered DSP for this one? Like, is that is that on the horizon? Are you currently doing it? It's definitely on the horizon. We've had some discussions to that end, and um, 
already have a basic strategy outline. So we're we're on the cusp. Sure. Because I see such a strong potential for DSP with this product. Because um, again, you look at if we're going to start with lower funnel and be very ROAS focused, let's go ahead and retarget those who have viewed our ASIN, but exclude those who have already converted so we can refine those efforts. Sure. Let's make sure that we're reaching our competition or rather our competition's customers off-site yeah. and driving them back to our listings and not theirs. So we start with kind of that lower to mid-funnel strategy and where we can demonstrate some positive returns. And like we were saying earlier, when you build that foundation, you now have the resources to invest in those mid to upper funnel strategies and drive awareness. Sure. Yeah. And what's kind of fun, so Brady is describing a couple where you can get more detailed on the DSP side when you're structuring audiences. Um, so you can add in certain exclusions. You can remarket to people who visited your competitor's product detail page but did not purchase. And so that's where you can start moving up the funnel a little bit more to reach those customers both on and off site of Amazon. Um, but like you're hitting on you need the margin to be able to do that. And to have that margin, you need to have a very solidly converting lower funnel strategy in place that has to be performing well, or else you should never consider going upper funnel, <laughs> like focus all the time and effort on the strategies, lower funnel. Is that kind of key takeaways? Absolutely. We build our house on a rock yeah. and, that, and that's <laughs> the point of, of just making that solid base established because also as we're driving awareness, we're now driving folks further down the funnel and further into the structure that we have in place. Like we're going to get conversions at some point in that customer purchase journey. And so we want to make sure that we have billboards up at every point along the way. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And so I love that. So we just covered a ton of different strategies that you can implement. And so this is a key thing to take into account when you're setting up your advertising is, yep, there's the, there's the base campaign funnel structure, but there should also be a lot of specifics tying to what your true goals are, whether it's defending your brand, defending your product detail page. I'm going to go after my competitors. Um, you know, there's and then there's just the other like ad types. So like sponsored display, sponsored brands, like all these should be tying into each other. The strategies should be interlocked. And I love how you started with the overall strategy, which was growth, because once we start there, that sets how we build out everything else. So if it wasn't growth, if it was like maximizing margin or return on advertising spend, it would set up, we would have covered a bunch of different strategies that go along with that standard campaign funnel structure. So another key piece, first start with what's our core goal overall. And then from there, now get into more like specific strategies that tie to that. And then once you have that rock built, that solid foundation, now you can start to consider, okay, can I broaden out my audiences to start to draw more people in? Because I know that this foundation that I've built is now going to convert X amount of people into sales. Absolutely. And one of my favorite parts about that journey is... I'm not just pulling levers in the background operating campaigns. We're true operating partners. I'm, I'm meeting regularly with clients and communicating regularly throughout this growth, throughout this process, because 
are we having different circumstances that arise? Are we having an inventory challenge that we need to pull back for a little bit? Or have we had a really great month where now we have some extra margin and we can accelerate the strategy? So we have the overarching goal and supplemental goals that make it up and we stay in touch closely throughout that process. And so it's, it's very complicated and a very, I think, satisfying relationship because, again, we're truly a part of the operations team. And so we can celebrate that growth and those wins together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key thing that makes the job fun is you get to see the wins, you get to celebrate the wins and be a part of all these amazing teams that are out there. Absolutely. You've seen me around the office. You know how excited I get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been awesome. So, yeah, core takeaways, start with your key goal, build that foundation. Once you've got that built and you've got the margin available, now start considering upper funnel if it makes sense for your products. Brady, I really appreciate you joining the podcast. It's been an awesome overview. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And for all those who are listening to the ad project, as always, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast and we will see you on the next episode. <laughs>